0: welcome back to the love your story podcast the podcast is about loving your story on all levels and today we explore a new level how to use story to find your best and most satisfying career and we'll start with the stories we tell about ourselves really not just in theory and how those stories affect our self-confidence but these stories are also the foundation for Career Stories Method by Carrie Twigg as she helps us narrow in on the career stories we have and how to use them to get into our ideal work so stay tuned for my interview with Carrie where we'll take a look at her 11 step method for finding or creating your perfect career and how to use your stories in your cover letter and resume and online postings Stories are our lives in language Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story Power serves you best when you know how to use it. Before I interview authors, I always try to read their books to make sure that they're a good fit for my audience and that their work is legit. Well I got Carrie's book, The Career Stories Method, from her PR firm about two weeks ago. And it was a little later than expected. The mail got held up. And while I wasn't sure I was going to make it through in time for the interview, I just jumped right in. But as I read, I discovered that the steps were interesting and thought-provoking. And I started actually doing the work along with her book and considering my own stories as I read along. I have sticky notes poking out of all of the pages, and I've got my three-by-five cards with stories in a little stack. And I just wanted to let you know that she's legit. Carrie Twig is the founder and operator of Career Stories. Through courses and coaching, she helps people use their stories to grow their careers or find their ideal work. And she's done this for 20 years, helping people find out what makes them awesome, which I really like that part. She helps them find their awesomeness and then how to help guide them into their career. So, Carrie, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast.
1: Thank you. It is delightful to be here.
0: Hey, I started out with your TED talk, um, watching that, and you said a resume is where you put your most incredible stories in one place in order to open up opportunities. I thought that was a great, a great start. And I wanted to start out here with your story. So how did you get to this place of being a career guide? And how did the book, The Career Story Method, come about? Will you start there?
1: Sure. Uh, I was pretty sure I had figured out what I wanted to do with my life pretty early. I wanted to be a drama teacher. Um, and then I landed that job right out of high school. Um, so Congratulations. People, I know, right? Awesome. Yeah, I did an internship. I got the job, uh, allowed me to go to university at the same time as became um, like did a degree in drama and education. I taught and then, kind of like, there has there, there has to be more, and there has to be a way to make more money. Um, so I spent a lot of years in the arts, mostly doing like drama and education, helping people to not become actors, but to find find themselves. But over time, I saw how the arts were helping people in other areas of their life. I was teaching an acting class for adults, and one adult said he got a job promotion, and he and he credited the acting class. And I thought, okay, so there's something, there's something about the arts that could help people in their life. Um, You know, fast forward, did, studied some HR, started to take my methods and bring them to the job search space by embracing my own story. And then the book is really just me writing down, you know, how I did it, but also how I help other people, how I help other people to, you know, figure out what's unique about them and then how to get it, especially from unconventional places.
0: How did he use the drama class to get his promotion?
1: So he said that in the drama class, it was actually like an acting for film class, but he learned how to hold himself straighter. Mm. He learned how, like, so he said, like even the way he was holding himself, the VP and the other uh, managers at his company just noticed that there was something different about him. And then he did, you know, a presentation and he just was walking around with this confidence that they saw him in a leadership role or as before they never did. Interesting. So you found after
0: this interaction with him and realizing, oh, the skills I have can help in a broader way, you just embraced that more and then shifted into the career field and started coaching. Is that right?
1: Uh, Well, yeah. So the the moments in between there are, uh, so did an HR certificate, landed a job at an HR firm doing outplacement. So that's when companies Mm -hmm. let people go. I would be the person they would meet. So they'd say, Hey, you're going to let Tony go at two o'clock. I show up at one o'clock. They tell Tony the news. And the first person that he meets after he loses his job is me. So I did that for two years. And while I was doing that, I was following the corporate program, but also (laughs) throwing in drama pieces, throwing in stories. And so through that, got some hands on experience, left that firm. And within, I think, like three days of leaving that firm, an hr director called and said you know are you going independent cuz my husband needs help mm. so the beginning of my career was basically just helping husbands who are were anti coach like you know there's people who like coaches and then there's people who don't want to work with sure. a coach the people who wouldn't typically work with a coach like to work with me <laughs>
0: So you just pieced all these little things together, this stuff from the drama and the stuff from the HR and learning it and using your own pieces and brought this method together.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So how'd you get your TED Talk?
1: Oh, they asked me. Nice. Yeah. So it <laughs> doesn't happen very often, does yeah. it? Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the women on the committee I used to work with when I worked in theater at a local Fringe Festival, they were looking for speakers and she was like, you would be great. <laughs> great opportunity. Yes.
0: Okay, so let's make this fun for the listeners. Um, You said on page 11 of your book, quote, your career stories cards are a tool to help you name and claim you're awesome, unquote. How do the listeners name and claim they're awesome and what's a career story card?
1: Okay, Um, so a career story card is really an index card. On the index card, you're going to write a story of a time that you felt really happy at work. And not just like a typical thing that you might write on your resume, but a moment when you think about your career and go, what makes me the most happiest? What's a moment it felt like, I can't believe I get paid for this? And you write that specific moment on an index card, so you can start to get. Um, sorry, what was the what was my quote? I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> what I said.
0: <laughs> your career stories cards are a tool to help you name and claim your awesome.
1: There you go. So, if you do this for, and I know you did it, so I'd love. I don't know if your cards are around, but if you care to share, I would love to.
0: Well, you know what I will share right off the bat is that yeah. I noticed that when I made mine, that yeah. it was a wonderful space of celebration. And I, yeah. I mean, as I would go through and read them, and I did what you said, like you're supposed to fill one out a day for seven to 10 days. Yeah. But as they started to accumulate and I'd read back through them, it almost felt like I I was just focusing on the good. And that was nice. Cause the week that I did this, I had had some things that hadn't really worked out the way I had wanted. And I was having a little bit of self doubt. And so it felt really good to celebrate all of these things that had consistently worked and done well, and that I'd felt really good at. So it felt like a little celebration pile. And so when we talk about claiming you're awesome, it really was, it was like a stack of awesome. And I liked yeah. that a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And by naming it, so for people listening, Uh, What else would they be doing, right? Of course, they're listening. (laughs) (laughs) So you would write your story and then write one story for seven days. And after the seven days, you read them over and go, what skill or strength did I use in each of these stories? And that's the naming it, right? So if you have a bunch of stories where you organize things or you helped people or you solve problems and you notice you do that in each of your stories, Then you can name that and you can claim it and go, the thing that I'm really great at is organizing things and solving problems for people. So starting to to name it instead of just saying whatever your job title is.
0: Well, you know what? I will share another personal insight that I got from this. And it was something that I really needed at the time. So I feel like it was a good serendipitous moment. But I discovered as I went through my cards that one of the things that I'm exceptionally good at is creating either programs or products, right? And the thing that I had been feeling down about was that I'm not good at marketing them. You know, like I, I just, the selling and the marketing of them sucks, but I make really beautiful stuff. Like I work with other professionals that are either editors or graphic artists or whatever, but the stuff that I create, the books and the, the platforms and, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's my vision and my writing and my creation of it. And I work with those professionals and then the finished products are fantastic, but without you know, once it gets to that step and it's a finished product and then it needs to be market and sold, I was feeling a, a just a huge sense of failure around the marketing and the selling of it because that's sort of where my skill dropped off. And as I looked at these success cards, it was, okay, I don't, I don't, it's okay. You know, maybe this is just, maybe this is just my area of expertise and this other one gets to be somebody' somebody else's area of expertise and that's okay.
1: Yeah. And how beautiful that is right because you would be you would be giving someone a dream job to help them like to if if their thing is that they they love beautiful objects and they want to sell something of meaning they would have a dream job working with you
0: i would love to hook up with those people <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like who are those people
0: yeah no, but you know but i really needed to be able to accept that space of What I'm good at and what I'm not good at, and I don't have to be good at everything, and it helps me do that. So that was very pivotal. I appreciated that.
1: Yeah, it's gorgeous. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So there are two types of
0: stories that you talk about in step two. Again, there's eleven steps, but the stories that we tell ourselves and those that we tell other people. And I'd love to have you share your insights on these two types of stories because we talk about them all the time, but. Share your insights and then tell us how we nurture and find those types of stories.
1: Yeah, so what I well you work in stories, so I'm sure you find this, is that when most people think about stories, I feel like they are like they want to know what do, what do I say and mm-hmm. what how do I hook people and like how do I make it memorable? And it's really the mechanics of the story. Um, and you could learn, like, you could read any sort of story science book and get those those mechanics and pieces in place and still be an awful storyteller and still not feel good in the work that you're doing. So the two stories are the, yeah, the ones that you tell yourself, which is usually negative, right? Which is why I like the cards. And I love that you call them success cards. That's, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, because the... Usually what we're telling ourselves is, um, I'm not the kind of person who gets to do amazing work. I'm not the kind of person who gets to make a lot of money. I'm not the kind of person who people understand. So we might be telling ourselves something. And when you tell yourself that, then it's really hard to sell yourself. And it's really hard to go for those opportunities or put yourself out there because the story you're telling yourself is not very healthy. Um, you know we and,
0: talk we talk about that all the time because that negativity bias that people just generally have that voice in their head is so so limiting you know yeah. often so destructive but once we become aware that we're telling ourselves stories and there's enough self-awareness to realize what those are. And then we actively combat those. I, I just think the, the first point of even bringing it up and becoming aware of them, that what you think is fact, isn't fact, it's stories that you've created to, you know, navigate a space or stories that are really influenced by the negativity bias and you can shift those. So I think yeah. it, that's really important. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I never thought I'd run my own business. I never thought I'd write a book. Like the, the, the story I told myself was you're not the kind of person who gets to do that work. That's for other people. And I would see other people and be like, how are they doing it? They're smart. I don't know how they're doing it. <laughs> and I wanted it, but what I was telling myself was didn't match. So one one way to change that is to, to change, like be really purposeful about the script. And one way that I did it was just like putting on headphones, getting a piece of music that was, you know, seven minutes long that made me feel really happy, getting to a comfortable position, you know, not, not Zen or anything, just like a regular and sitting there and paying attention to your breath. And then after you're riding your breath, so you're just paying attention to the in-breath and the out-breath. And then every time you inhale, just say to yourself, I love myself. And when you exhale, whatever is coming up, like, this is stupid. I don't like it. Just ignore it and just, yeah, love myself. Breathe breathe it out. Breathe out all the negative with that. Yeah. And even that, even if you don't believe it at first, if you do that over time, at least you're saying something positive to yourself. And what it did for me is when I would face situations where I used to overcompensate or take on projects that I didn't really want to, um, I started to say no and started to act like someone who loved themselves. Mm. Perfect. Yeah. So that's one side. And I think that's where you start. You start with, Hey, how can I love and like, and accepting that we're not perfect and that's okay. Um, And then the second part is then, okay, I love myself, but what do I have to tell other people (laughs) to help them, to help them know, you know, help them know that I'm awesome too.
0: From an academic perspective, Gottman did some research and it was on face and it's, pretty complex stuff, but it's talking about being in face or being out of face that the stories that we share that we choose to share with other people are stories that show us in a light of being in face and in face means a light that we are comfortable being in and the way that we see ourselves, we are showing ourselves in those stories. And we don't share stories that put us out of face because that would bring embarrassment or discomfort or, you know, social, the desire to disappear and, you know, get, get out of that space. And if someone else tells a story that puts us in an out of face situation, then, you know, again, we're embarrassed and you have to do something or prove yourself to that and bring yourself back into face. And so I think naturally we very much do this thing where the stories that we choose to share and the angles that we share are ones that we're comfortable with the face that we want to show to the world. But I think also that the space you're talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is that particularly like when we're job hunting or in careers and we're having those discussions that we can choose stories that illustrate us doing certain things. So we're not we're not just saying, oh, I'm a good communicator, but you're actually illustrating through a story that shows you being a good communicator. So there's very purposeful intent and creation behind the stories that you're sharing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you want them to back up those three skills that you found in your success cards because your success cards is you at your very happiest, right? Those are your moments Like that's where like in career theory, they'll talk about being in your zone of um, expertise and your zone of like, or, or no, like of your zone of genius, and genius, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. So if you want that genius work, you probably want to be using those skills from the original cards. So the stories that you tell will back those up. So in the, like for you, if you, you're not going to tell marketing stories, right? But you you could tell, and in various ways, but you can tell various stories about the process that you use to select what pieces are going to be part of a product. And you talk about the significance of the design. And you can tell stories about like all of those which just help everyone see you as this great product maker which you which you are. And you don't and even have to talk a specific design. About
0: the pro- yeah. I could choose specific design projects that I've done that, you know, that are beloved. And then you've also got something concrete that you can show and tell the story of its creation.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: so it was, gosh, it was a couple of years ago, I think, but I did an interview with Paul Smith. I don't know if you know him. He's author of Sale, Sell, Sell with a Story. I often mispronouncing that S E L L. Anyway, he shared an example of his son doing a college entrance interview. And when the interviewer asked him about what things he'd been involved in, in school, the young man was smart enough, he just launched into a story about a community garden that he'd started and been a part of. So it wasn't like, oh, I've done, you know, I've done some service and I've done some, you know, that that's a list. It's a litany. And But because he launched into the story of the creation of the garden and how it helped the community and the people that were involved and how he organized the groups and the fruit and vegetables that they got from it. In this interview, we're talking about how interesting that interview was for both sides of the party and how effective it was. The young man got into this prestigious college, but it was really because of his skill in these interviews of sharing the stories to answer the questions.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like even I think what happens on social media when people are in job search is they just kind of announce things. They're like, I'm I'm speaking here, right? Or I was on this podcast. And those are those aren't stories, those are just announcements. And people might like them, but they don't really remember them and there's no call to action. Whereas if you if you tell a story about it, people will remember it and they'll engage. And we have, and because we can tell so many different stories, one piece of content, one incident or thing that you want to talk about could be told five different ways, Mm. like in, you know, and highlighted in lots of different story ways.
0: Good point. In your book, you do an excellent job of incorporating story samples into every single chapter. You'll bring up a point and then you share a story. And I loved that. I mean, it kept me rolling through the book because it's it's just such a great way to teach. favorite example you've worked with a lot of clients of them using career stories to move ahead and these can even be stories that you that you shared in the book but what are some examples for the listeners of what it looks like to be stuck and then to get unstuck
1: yeah so my favorite one is in the book it's the person who thought he was a sales guy who kept losing jobs so he came to me he had just lost a job his company paid him to work with for paid for him to work with me but he kept getting um, like sales director jobs because the way that he sold himself was that he could he could make deals with the most difficult people he could you know come up with the wildest strategies um and he would yeah he would just get it so he would go to interviews and all of his colleagues knew his success stories and tell story after story about landing the big deal you know exceeding expectations and then he would land a job in it And then people were surprised at how long it took him to create the sale. So I slowed it down and went, well, what did you, what do you actually like? And all his career cards were about deep research, about understanding people, about like the psychology and coming up with plans. And I was like, you're not a sales guy. (laughs) Like you're, you're a strategist and you're a researcher. So then we rewrote his resume and instead of talking about the dollar figures that he got and landing big sales he he started to tell the story about doing deep research to understand you know the buyer's needs and and then the strategies and what the reward was and he started telling those stories in the interview and he he landed a job doing that where they gave him hours to just Cause they cared about that, like to do the research and to come up with strategies that were long-term that were going to, that we're going to land big sales. And then when I wrote the book, he had gotten one promotion and then since then he's been promoted. So I think he's like, not a CFO, CMO, like a chief marketing officer, but with an expertise in it. And what he said to me is just like, he's, he understood why he wasn't thriving in those roles. And he feels like he could bring him his whole self to work. And he doesn't feel like a failure anymore. And he knows, you know what he's good at. so I love I love I love those. That's my favorite one.
0: well, I think that those are particularly nice, too, because when you oftentimes we are defining ourselves or telling ourselves stories about what we do according to what we have done in the past. And that's not necessarily what we're good at or best at, or what we should be doing. It's not necessarily where we want to go, but there's a rut there that's, you know, that's very easily established. And so I think your process and one of the things your book does is help people take an inventory of when am I really in my bliss? When am I really in my genius? And then it allows for them to take the steps to create or get a different job that focuses on that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So tell me, what's your favorite part of the book and of these 11 step processes or the 11 steps in this process? What, what do you love about it? <sighs> Which step do I like the most? Well, or, okay, let's do this. Run us through quickly the steps and you don't have to hit all of them, but in general, so people know when they're working with you, what is, what is this 11, what do these 11 steps look like?
1: Yeah. So the first is the cards and that's my favorite because it's, it feels like, it feels like magic. Right. You have someone who has no idea what they're great at or how to say it. And then, you know, within a week, you figure it out and you go, oh, so I think that's great. I love step two, which is the love myself stuff. And that's also about how do you build in practices so that often job search is seen as this like this horrific, (laughs) horrific time and putting yourself out there and being rejected and I'm like, what if it actually feels like a vacation? What if it's a time that you start to put things into place, that your days look lovely, you feel good about yourself, you're celebrating you, and you're like, you're not waiting to be happy till you land the job. From there goes into values, which I think are is really important, figuring out where you do your best work, what environment. And then my third favorite is like that testing things out. So Instead of just choosing from reading, go oh, these are my values, this is the job. There's a step where you just test things out. And the testing, sometimes the testing is a conversation, sometimes it's an internship, sometimes it's starting, you know, a podcast, sometimes it's starting a side business, but testing it before you dive in and commit. Um, and then I feel like the whole rest of the book is just really how to tell, like now that you know what you're good at and what you want to do, it's connecting with people. It's how to put that on social media. It's how to put that in your resume. It's how to like, how to share and keep, keep being motivated. Yeah. So I lumped the last steps together.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Share with us what you do and where people can find your book.
1: Oh yeah. So I offer classes and courses and workshops on any kind of step of the method, mostly. Yeah. Yeah what are you great at and what do you want to do next? Um, And you can find me at careerstories.com.
0: Cool. And where do they find your book? Is that on your website also?
1: It is. Yeah. It's also on like Amazon and a lot of independent, independent things called the career stories method. Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And as we close up, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share about stories, about the method, about anything?
1: I think just a reminder, and I'm sure that you share it a lot, but a reminder that your story is important and that a lot of people, especially when it comes to careers, think their story is boring. It's not. With the right details and the right enthusiasm, it is incredibly interesting. Even if you've done the same thing every day for 25 years, even in that in itself is incredibly interesting. Um, So don't judge it. (laughs) Don't judge it. Um, And please don't starve us from it. We want to hear it.
0: You know, everybody always thinks their story is boring because to them, they've lived it. They've been there. It's, it's, It's mundane. It's just something that they are super familiar with. But other people aren't, especially when you tell it well, it can be very educational. We share stories to share things, to share awe, to share insight, to share who we are. And all of those are very important ways of communicating.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Carrie, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. This is great.
0: I love a couple of things about the career story method. The first is that it's a process of discovering your awesome self, as we talked about. I loved the I love myself, I loved the stack of successes. It was just a real feel good. It guides us through a detailed look at the things we really shine at. And that's a super fun journey. We need to do that more. The second thing that I really like about it is the focus on the power of story, which is, of course, what this entire podcast is set up for, to help remind you and me how important our stories are, the stories that we tell ourselves and the stories that we tell about ourselves stories help us illustrate our experiences. And when we do those well, just as Carrie and I were just talking about, it can really shine a light on where we've been and what we can do. And that's an incredible tool. Carrie has methodized a way to use your stories, to bless you, to bless your path. And she says she does this process every year herself, and then encourages us to do the same. She mentions this at the end of the book. And I found it a very interesting process. I think you will too, if you're interested, I totally recommend it, especially if you need any change. But even if you don't, it helps you to really dial in at what you're good at and who doesn't want a little more of that, right? So here's a word from our sponsor and we will see you in two weeks for the next episode of the Love Your Story podcast. This show is brought to you by the 21 Challenges Group Platform. If you are a leader of a group, any type of group, book club, network marketing, employee group, a youth group, a friend group, and you're in need of a fun, fresh, positive way to connect during this disconnected time, we've got an online program that'll create fun, stretching connection and engagement with your team. Your team will get a fully immersive platform for the 21 challenges and weekly coaching with Lori Lee as we spend three weeks creating awesome possibility. LoveYourStoryPodcast.com and look for the group link.